Blog Talk Radio. Warning. You have entered the realm of the gods. So give us your mind and your full attention. So you say you deal with esoteric information? I never heard of such. Well, you're in for a treat.
Hey, Washington East. Peace, 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 family. This is Brother Fahim Tecumseh El Bay. Speaking to you tonight. Filling in for Dr. Eileen El Bay. I'll be your host tonight. And uh, Dr. Eileen is doing other projects right now, so I've got to fill in for him for tonight. All right. We're doing part two. Uh, where I left off last week on uh, clearing up the confusion on the Moorish uh, conscious communities across the Union States here in America and all over the world. And uh, here again to clear up a lot of the confusion of a lot of uh, misunderstandings and uh, misinterpretations of how or what the Moorish Divine National Movement is about and our history in general. Uh, You have a lot of people, uh, like I say, on YouTube, a lot of these what you call self-appointed sheiks or grand sheiks or supreme grand sheiks, whatever they want to call themselves, still confusing the people, a lot of them, uh, from what telling by their conversations, and their lectures, they haven't done enough thorough research uh, on the subjects that I'm talking about. Uh, it's evident for those who know what I'm talking about. Know it's evident. And like I say before, uh, last week of the word more, you know, uh, I had a brother. Uh, I know I stated this last week, but I want to repeat this again. Uh, him saying that. <clears throat> More is not an ancient word, it's a modern word or term, you know. Uh, yeah, when it comes to the word Moabite, yeah, it's the modern one word, uh, the modern one word for Moabite is more, you know, but more goes, oh, I mean, ooh, I don't know, million, maybe billions of years ago, I'm not sure, you know. Uh, but it is a very, very, very ancient word and term. You know. It comes with a word uh actually Amuru A M U R U Amur, which is the uh, the ancient uh, another ancient name for America. You know, Amur the word M U R Moor, you know. That's where the word another one of the words where the word ancient words, I put it that way, where the word more and term more comes from. You know, so um, let's take a dive into the book uh, Don Voyage The Black African Discovery of America it says here uh, by Michael Bradley he's a European author and historian uh, I'm going to read some of the stuff of the introduction by John, John Henry Clark peace be upon him It says here, this book 
by Michael Bradley is one of the number of books indicating the African presence of among nations and people outside of Africa as early as 800 B.C. and probably, probably before. To accept this new revelation, all uh, to, to accept this new accept this new revelation will call for the suspension of old myths and suppositions about Africa and its people. It's gen- it is generally assumed that Africans did not journey far beyond boundaries of their country. And the works of Joseph E. Harris, especially in his books African Presence in Asia and African Dias- Diaspora. In Graham Irving's two-volume work, The Africans Abroad and Three Special Issues, The Journal of African Civilization, The Africans in Early Asia, The Africans in Early Europe, and The Africans in Early America, the proof of the African presence in many countries outside of Africa is well documented. And the reason, and I'm going to stop right here, the reason why I'm reading this off to you is because uh you all of these uh scholars uh, they were talking to Dr. Arlene, I believe last week or week before last, and a lot of them didn't even uh believe that the u s is not a corporation that we actually have a u s government and that we actually came on ships from Africa and so on and so on and so on, and, and all this nonsense. You know, uh, just think about it. I know some of you probably seen it on YouTube already. Uh, I know it takes three months, three to four months, for this ship to reach uh, from Africa across the Atlantic all the way to these shores. Okay, in those three or four months' time, just think about it. If they really packed us in those ships like they said they did, if they really have us, have us uh, chained up, all sardine together like that for three or four months across the waters, all that defecating, all that urination, you know, I mean, that would turn into toxic, into poison. You wouldn't be able; they wouldn't be able to survive that kind of misery conditions. They wouldn't be able to survive all that. Not no, not no three months. That's just common sense. Uh, that's the, that's uh, uh, medically and physically impossible. And the ones that did reach the shores of America, they were if they ever did, they wouldn't be in any shape to be slaves under any one servitude. The women themselves uh, would be childbearing because that would throw them out of whack. They wouldn't be able to have any children. If they live, and if they did live to get to the shores of America, they wouldn't be living too long. They'd be, they'd be dying out. They would be dying. The very few that would have survived. You have to really think about that. A lot of us did come from ships, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of ships travel from Africa to the Americas, especially under Abu, Bar- uh, uh, um, um, Abu Bakr. A lot of people from the Mali and Songhai Empire that traveled across the, across the Atlantic for hundreds of thousands, maybe millions upon millions of years ago. 
to settle here in these Americas. We were the only ones that were here that would make us the Aborigine, Indigenous, Atrocious people of the Americas or the Almorocks. As some may say. Let me continue on. If the above information is integrated into the textbooks of the Americas and textbooks in general, most modern-day historians will have to be rewritten, or most modern-day histories, I'm sorry, will have to be rewritten. The admission will have to be made that the African has been many things in the world other than a slave. But one thing, <clears throat> uh, slave actually, a word is for Europeans. Especially in, in the Slavic people, the Slavic people of Europe, we were prisoners of war, not slaves. Slaves are actually what that term uh, reserved for Europeans. But those, those of you that didn't know, I'm telling you now. Okay, now I'm gonna continue on. The Africans are are human with all many dimensions. To go with being human, they have made nations and they have this. Uh, destroyed nations that have been both slave and king. In general, the African has played every role from saint to buffoon. He is collectively a part of the whole world. The crisis between Africans and Europeans people in general is the inability of Europeans to see Africans as full-fledged human beings, as part of humanity, enjoying the grace of the same God or the lack of it. The pamphlet by Harold G. Lawrence, African Explorers of the New World, was the best-known work on this subject before the publication of Ivan Van Sertima's work, They Came Before Columbus, The African Presence in Ancient America. Harold Lawrence not only documents early African explorers in what would later be called the New World, he identifies the motive for their explorations and the tragic results of some of them. In a world where the mass media has oversaturated the mind, has oversaturated the mind, Tarzan and Jungle movies, the complementary facts about an African people were either ridiculed or dismissed as fantasy. The following quote is from his pamphlet. When, assert, when assessing the cultures of early African, many historians have thought convenient means to discredit by various techniques the black people of that continent. Chain of the confinement of slave trade, justifications of colonial ideologies and fostering with such words as primitive, savage, heathen, childlike, and inhuman. These, these writers were limited from the beginning and failed too often to give the black African just praise for his accomplishments. On the contrary, the trend was a distract or from rather than add to what was already known as a result where Africa where Africa ex, uh, exhibited signs of greatness steps were taken immediately to stress that the responsible people were not what they called negroes rarely negroid but instead hamites arabs dark whites semites hindus muslims or some other name which avoided the apparent qualities of black skin and woolly hair. On the, uh, on the other occasions, positive facts from the African past were 
purposely overlooked in ancient manuscripts was told of such were dismissed as tall tales or simple glorifications. In short, the few observers who attempted to break from the uh, acceptable, acceptable approach and report the facts without colorations were forced to overprove their convictions or to mention them vaguely in passing. This is some of the madness and the nonsense has been going on. You know, uh, you have a lot of these, uh, like I said, that uh, had a, a, a radio conference uh, on, I forgot what the show was, where Dr. Eileen was one of the uh, guest hosts on the show. And uh, he was trying to tell a lot of these brothers uh, about us being the original inhabitants of this land. And a lot of them didn't, you know, they talk as though as they were uh, unenlightened. Which is kind of hard for me to believe that they're that naive and dumb, you know. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to mention no names, but though, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. Those of you who listen to the show or that will hear this show later on this week or next week, you'll know who I'm talking about. So I don't have to mention your names. Time a lot of you been involved with the uh, Moorish, those of you have been involved with the Moorish Divine National Movement for years, even years before I became a part of it. You ought to know better. Either you are very stupid or you are an agent, one of the two. I say it again, either you're very stupid or you are an agent, one of the two. Or you can be both. Okay, I'm carrying it on. In this book, Don Voice, The Black African Discovery of America, Michael Bradley has put some of these fantasies to rest by pointing to a little-known documents generally neglected by most members of the academic community. Michael Bradley like Professor Ivan Van Sertima and others who preceded them in this field, have stated the case in favor of pre-Columbian presence in the New World, like a defense attorney presenting evidence to a reluctant jury at a time when a new curriculum approach, approach to being demanded for the study of non-European people in general and African people in particular, the contents of Michael Bradley's book and his supporting documents could never be more timely. In the preface of this book, Michael Bradley makes the following statement. Some people who read The Black Discovery of America in manuscript from commented that all it seems obvious that the evidence for an early West African presence in the New World is presented Invariably, even experts in African history, even experts in African history have been led to com- comment along the lines of, "Why wasn't this book written 20 years ago?" Good question. Also, sooner or later, people have asked, and how it was that I came upon this so obvious idea, research that the evidence and wrote this book. In most cases, in order to examine and understand any portions of Africa, there is need to take a holistic view of the entire continent in order to understand the interrelationship of various 
African people and countries to uh, to each other, like Professor Van I, I, uh, Professor Ivan Van Sertima. Michael Bradley goes beyond presenting information about the pre-Columbian presence of Africa, of Africans in the so-called New World. Here he says, says so-called, because that's what because it's the old world. In this book, he gives the reader some information about Africans and the lands beyond their respective countries. One reason why we do not know as much as we should know about Africa is given by Professor Van Sertima. He said that that African history has been locked into a 500-year room. A scholarly look at the role that African people have played before and after slavery might well be the key that will open the futuristic 500-year uh, <clears throat> room so-called African history can become an accepted part of world history. J.A. Rogers and Carter G. Woodson made able contributions to this field a generation before the appearance of Ivan Van Sertima's book, They Came Before Columbus, the African presence in ancient America. The early contributors got none of the attention they deserve, not even for their own people. I'm going to read this again. These early contributors got none of the attention they deserve, not even from their own people. This is this is to show you the nonsense that we are dealing with, even with our own people. Okay, now that the different writers of different ethnic persuasions are writing well about the pre-Columbian appearance of African Africans in the New World, maybe now the subject will get the attention has long been deserved. Africans may well be the most dispersed of all the world's people. There are a few places in the world where they where you cannot find evidence of the African presence or the African past. The most important thing to be noted here is that in Africa in the African relationship with many people in the many lands we find little or no evidence indicating that the African Africans invaded countries against the will of its original inhabitants or inhabitants or wonderfully destroyed civilizations they wanted to rule and did not understand. I'll read this again. The most important thing to be noted here is that in the African relationship with many people in many lands, we find little or no evidence indicating that the Africans invaded countries against the will of its original inhabitants or wantonly destroyed civilizations they wanted to rule and did not understand. That's opposed to who or what people we know. You sure already know who I'm talking about, so I'm not going to answer that question. You know the answer. In the statements above, I'm I meant to briefly comment on the read this. on the significance of the Africans in pre-Columbian America and the aftermath in order to let it be known 
that the Africans were not brought to America culturally empty-handed. In spite of their disadvantage and indentured servitude and in chattel slavery, they, they did establish a revolutionary heritage that is still reverberating uh, to this very day. There are implications in Michael Bradley's book, Down Voice, the, Af- the Black African's Discovery of America, that go far beyond the book. The significance of his findings will eventually be used in school curricula and in the history- histories of America in general. When we examine the history and the impact of Africans in the New World, we might extend our examination in the whole world. The the pre-Columbian presence of the Africans and what it is called the New World has been a subject for speculation and any other examination of the old and new evidence relating to this subject will put all speculations to rest. While this article deals mainly with the second impact of Africans on the Western Hemisphere, it is important that we look at least briefly at their first impact in the light of the old and new evidence. The formal investigation to this subject was started in 1920 with the publication of Professor Leo Weiner's massive three-volume work, Africa and the Discovery of America. In the first volume of this work, Professor Weiner shows that American archaeology in both the Africans and the Indians is built on sand and superstitions and the chronology of cultural development for both of the peoples is totally out of order. He also shows that the Africans have had a far greater influence on American civilizations than has therefore been suspected. The second volume of the work is a study of African religions and their influence on the culture of these on this hemisphere. His documents tend to prove to an extraordinary extent that the Indian medicine man owes his evolution to the African medicine man. But you know the Indian medicine and the Indian is us too. So I want to get that straight. But the Songo Mongoloid, who they call the Indian, they owe a lot of grat- a lot of uh, gratitude towards us also, them. And they pattern themselves off of our so-called tribes. Well, I, I like to use the term nation myself. But I may use the word tribe, you know, so most people can understand what I'm talking about. Let me move on. In explaining the, di- in the, in explaining the diaries of Christopher Columbus, Professor Weiner calls attention to the fact that Columbus found a dark-skinned people in the Caribbean islands trading with the Indians. We were, who were these dark-skinned people? The question asks. Columbus infers that they were people from the coast of Guinea, West Africa. Africans discovered America long before the Europeans had any such dreams. In 1936, Carter G. Woodson published his book, the African background outline. This book has additional information, additional information on the pre-Columbian presence of the Africans and what is called the New World. Dr. Woodson's observations are that several authorities during this time believed that Africans discovered America long before the Europeans had any such dreams. For 
the Occident was all but in a state of savagery until uh, to awaken by contact with the more enlightened Orient during the Crusades, talking about the Moors, okay, talking about us. The early European explorers in the estimates of, of Darien found there in cave skulls with, which were identified as African. Students of ethnology observed also that the religion of North and South American Indians is very much like that of Africans because we were here before them. That's why. When they came to cross the Barren Straits through Alaska, they, and and Canada and to the North America, they found us that we were already here. When they came here, we taught them. We taught them how to hunt. We taught them how to plant. When to plant. To harvest. Even the war, the feathered war bonnets that they wear, that they got from us. There were some that tell you that's not true, but that's okay. We know the truth, don't we? Okay, let me move along here. The culture and the philological evidence to support the claim that Africans on the West Coast rose to rose to such a high level of culture and maritime skill is more apparent with each new book on the subject. The matter is out of rim or pure speculation. It can be said with a degree of certainty that Africans braved that roaring waters of the high seas was established relationships with the Indians of the Americas well over a thousand years ago. The growing body of literature on the pre-Columbian presence of Africans in what what is now what is called the New World will eventually lead to examination of the culture cultures of the various non-African people that were already settled in the Western Hemisphere before Columbus and European exploration. Most of these people have been mistakenly called, say it again, most of these people have been mistakenly called Indians. They had many names and a large and diverse culture that was deliberately destroyed by Europeans who did not understand it. When we discard the myth of the Europeans as spreaders of civilization, we might also learn that the European destroyed more civilizations than he ever built. Some of these civilizations were old before Europe was born. If the Europeans had had the foresight and the humanity to form a partnership with the so-called Indian cultures, the history of the Western Hemisphere and the world would be different. If Michael Bradley's book, Don Voice, The Black... African discovery of America and other literature is this nature have called for a repraisal of the Africans and the Indians of the New World that he has rendered a service to this generation and a gener- uh, to all generations still to come. But well, that's the end of that. But I want y'all to understand we were we were here before the so-called Indians. A lot of some of these so-called Indian historians will tell you they don't know who built the mounds. They don't know who built the pyramids. We know. 
we know. But of course, some of them are lying, are liars too. Because a lot of them have sold us out, especially, especially in the Iroquois Confederation. A lot of these are person, person named these $5 Indians. These Europeans call themselves uh, Indians, what we call the $5 Indians. You've got the, uh, the, the chief of the Cherokee Nation now is a European. No. He's an imposter. He's a fraud. He's not a Cherokee, let alone a chief. Okay. Let's move it along here. Now I'm going to read this here. This description of what can only be the trade wind driven, deserved, and Marty's Marcelite out upside, Columbus. The bestseller may have stumbled onto this account, but in the story of the same substance could have come to Portuguese mariners from slaves taken anywhere in the neighborhood of Cape Verde. In, the case, in either case, Columbus wouldn't know that winds and currents existed. Which would which would push ships westward on a westward course, while in Iceland he would surely have noticed the prevailing westerly winds and the warm westerly current of the Gulf Stream. He could then reasonably conclude that the Atlantic could be crossed and east, in, in each direction. That was the key to the barrier of the ocean sea. Here I'm looking at a more uh, an unidentified emperor of Mali, painted in the early Portuguese map of Western Africa. The empress holds a nugget of gold, symbolic of the wealth of the Portu- of the Portuguese believed to be in Mali. This is from the Malian Empire, because for those of you who don't know, the Malian Empire stretches from West Africa to here. In America, the Songhai Empire as well. As uh, uh, I heard earlier, I talked uh, and had a conversation with earlier with Doctor Aline Mel Bay. He was telling me there were thirty-five thousand ships that had sailed from Africa to here in the Americas, and they weren't intended to come back to Africa. That was of uh, hmm. 200 years before any European or so-called white man ever set foot on these shores. But we were here 200,000 years before that. Let me move along here. Okay. There's no doubt that black Africans crossed the Atlantic to lands in the West. But how otherwise are we to explain the statutes with Negroid features found at La Venta? Or the representations of black men, black men in the morals of the temples of warriors at Chichen Itza. This is the, uh, this is this is Mexico, y'all. 
This is in Mexico or Central America they're talking about. Or the presence of the tropical African bottle god in the New World. How otherwise can we explain that in both Central America and the eastern foothills of the of the Angus linguistic found Negroid languages related to Mandinka, to the Mandinka language, the language spoken by the people around Cape Verde. This is also no doubt, in spite of the con- of the contrary set of prevailing winds and currents, some black Africans mariners returned from the New World to Cape Verde. Otherwise, how could Kankan Musa predecessor be convinced that there were limits to the neighboring sea? How otherwise we can explain Columbus' conclusion that the land lay seven westerly Cape Verde, a conclusion that was not only correct, but arrived at only after the Portuguese had the latitude and the people of Cape Verde. The evidence compels us to accept the idea that the success of Columbia voyage would but much to the experience and knowledge gained by black marinas of Mali, or the Mali Empire. Okay, hold on for a minute. I'm trying to find this page here. Okay, here we are. But as we accept, but but as we accept that when we must also be prepared to concede that this black discovery of America was the first such discovery by people of the old world from the east, for the statues. The statues of La Venta with Negroid features date from the very beginning of Olmec culture, the foundation of Central American civilization. Read this again. For the statues of La Venta with Negroid features date from the very beginning of Olmec culture and the the foundation of Central America civilization. The black discovery of America must have occurred at least 3,000 years ago at the very time when the earliest foundations of American civilizations were begun. The cultural contact of black Africans is significant because it may have inspired the fledgling developments of higher culture in America. It is certain that later white gods and the, the guise of Egypto-Phoenicians Carthaginian Moors, Egyptian Moors, uh, Celtiberian Moors, and possible Irish and Norse also influenced American cultures. They are remembered in legends from Mexico to Peru. It is said that the numbers of these white gods were small, yet they brought civilization to the peoples of America. A handful of Mediterranean or Celtic Noah visitors could not have found empires with populations of millions from Mexico to Chile. The white gods came and they brought civilized techniques, but it is equally certain that only great numbers of already highly cultured people 
could have adopted such techniques. There are, they were, they, there was culture in the Americas long before the white gods arrived. Evidence suggests that black Africans have been present. With this culture, was was the first tentatively budding, budding. Others, mostly the Amer the Amer Indians themselves, contributed to the full flowering of uniquely American culture. Okay. Yeah, and the Europeans that did bought any kind of civilization, which I, they bought little, they bought any. It was learning from us. This is what a lot of people got to learn how to understand. You know, uh, you got. I have one brother. I know. I, pro, I probably uh, that I saw on YouTube. I probably mentioned it in the last lecture on the Blog Talk Show. Uh, he was saying he was talking about the Sundry Moors uh, in South Carolina, and said they were called the Society of Moors. And he made a statement uh, that these were these were, were people were a society like the Freemasons. And I said, man, how dumb can you get? You know, and this is supposed to be a chief of a certain nation here in America. You know. And that shows he definitely haven't done his research or homework. You know, and I hope he's listening to this show also. Okay, let me keep it moving here. But there was another political consideration. In 1492, the Spanish finally defeated the Moors. War with the Moors had raged for centuries, mortgaging Spain's monetary resources, energy, and preventing her from entering the age of exploration as early as Portugal, or with the such uh, dedications, the, em the empire of Mali. Mali might be far removed from Spain, but the Moors across the Straits of Gibraltar were not. Nor was Mali from from uh, the minds of the North African Arabs. Islam had long been entrenched in the empire of Mali, and there were close relationships, both friendly and unfriendly, between the Moors of North Africa and Western Sudanese. Well, let me let me let me touch on this. Uh, all of the Mali and Shanghai empires, uh, West Africa period, all of that was known as Mauritania at one time. Mauritania means land of the Moors. Considered themselves Moors, but considered themselves black. They considered themselves adjectives. Okay, you know. But I have to remind you, people are not adjectives. People are nouns and proper nouns. So how can you be black? And if you look at the the etymology of the word black, the black uh, the the word black b l a c k is a modern term. So therefore, that verbiage was not in usage in ancient times. So our, our ancestors was not calling themselves black. And if you go further in the word Blake, B-L-A-K or B-L-A-C, it means actually pale and white. 
So it originally means pale and white. So therefore, it cannot be your identity, can it? It cannot be you. So how in the hell can you be black? I want I want someone to really un, un, uh, explain that one. Explain that to me very careful. All right. Okay, I'm move on to something else. I'm going to read the book. Um, I think I dive into the book One Rocks Cry Out by Horace Butler. The, this is the book you need to get by Horace Butler, One Rocks Cry Out. It t- tells you how, how our people are the original inhabitants of the of the North, South, and Central America and the adjoining islands. This is a must-read, and it must be every Moore's library. It says here, the book says here, I'm going to read this uh, paragraph here to you. Says the two Atlantic sea crossings by the Mali Empire explorers became more important when I noticed that the Moorish, or what he said, black, but the Moorish Aztecs, or the, now you know the Aztecs, the Aztecs were Moors. Well, if you didn't know it, you know it now. Okay, it says here I noticed that the Moorish Aztecs had arrived in Mexico in ships about the same time the Mali sent her ships across the Atlantic. This is the book when rocks my cry out, okay? The first time I noticed the the words the West, ancient Egyptian stones, I thought Egyptians had visited the Americas on some infrequent sea voyages. I knew I knew better now. The old stones were already to tell anyone who would listen that those Africans had built an Egypt in the Americas before they built the monument filled Egypt in Northeast Africa. I'm going to repeat this again. The old stones were ready to tell anyone who would, who would list, listen that those Africans had built in Egypt in the Americas before they built the monument filled Egypt in Northeast Africa. The ancient histories explain that the Africans came to Americas and built cities from Brazil 
to Mexico and possibly farther north. Those who attempted to trace Egypt's ancient history against the much smaller expanse of land along the Nile in Africa ran into geographic problems that were impossible to untangle. The distance between the places in the hieroglyphic text and the time it took to travel between the places just did not make sense against the landscape of the Middle or the modern Middle East, what they call so-called Middle East, which is Northeast Africa. These ancient histories needed an area needed an area that was far-reaching, as the distance from the Nile and, and Northeast Africa to the Valley of Mexico in the Americas. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Let me move along here. It was clear that there was an Egypt on the Nile and Egypt in the Americas. I'll repeat this again. It was clear that there was an Egypt on the Nile and an Egypt in the Americas. But early in the search, I had not discovered when or why Egypt had left the Americas to build the Egypt in the East. There's something. So the empire has stretched all the way from the West African empires all the way to here in the Americas. Because one time, and it didn't have to do that, really, because at one time, it was these continents were enjoined together, which was called Pangaea. They were all connected before the Great Split or the Great Drift. Because all this was Africa at one time, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Those of you that be on YouTube, Facebook, and on the website and the Internet that are always talking about you believe, you still believe this BS uh, about us coming on ships, uh, slave ships, and Europeans bought us here on slave ships. This is, this is uh, the book you need to read when rocks cry out. You need to read the book, uh, The First World Order. You need to read the book, Morris and Masary. You need to read the book, uh, The Don Voyage, The Black African Discovery of America. You need to read these books. You need to read the book, The Africans and the Native Americans by Jack D. Forbes. need to read them. Okay? Now, okay. He had his doctorate and was a scholar of pre-Columbian history at the university where I worked. After a long wait, he finally arrived at his office, and I was leaving. He glanced at the clock on the wall, warned me 
to make it make it fast, so I blurted it out. I found the record showing the Aztecs. The Aztecs. Now, those of you who have heard of the Aztecs. The Aztecs who who met Cortez. Met Cortez. I smirked, curved at the corner of his a smirk and, and curved corner at the at the corner of his mouth. But I continue. Cortez, his secretary, and Castillo. One of the officers described Metrezoma as being very dark complexion. They wrote that the nation of people they found here was the same complexion. That doesn't mean black, he encountered, or he countered, to the Europeans. Of course, they were considered dark complexion, but they were just copper tone in skin color. Then he referred the name of some books that could help me remove my misunderstandings. I have already read those. I quickly responded, noticing that it was only 5 o'clock that I had not offered the most convincing discovery. I let it out. The writings of Sahagod say the Mexicans did not come from the north or northwest into Mexico. Shahagar wrote that they arrived by boat coming from the direction of the rising sun and that they landed on the the Gulf Coast of Mexico at Pernutla. Even the Machazoma told Cortez that the Aztecs were not from the land but were newcomers and foreigners who arrived by boat coming from a land that lay in the directions of Africa. These black Aztecs wearing clothing described as African in design and were, in fact, Africans. He looked away from the papers that I offered to him. I think you have misunderstood something in the writing, he calmly insulted. I have got to go. I hope you will keep me posted on your work. His secretary was standing at her desk by the door, ready to lock up for the evening. I thanked him for his time and gathered up my papers. I was almost through the large clear glass door when I turned to face this doctor. The Spanish explorers did not say the Aztecs were brown or copper colored. They were black and very dark. They were Africans. See, we were all over this piece. All over this people, our family. This is doing this. Uh, this is from the book when, when rocks cry out. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, pronounced the horror. I mean the author's name again. Name is Horace Butler. H o r a, h o r a c e, Butler. B u t l e r. When rocks cry out. Very good book. See more. It goes back to the the, the ancient word more. Um, go to get back on that again. Goes back to the ancient word mu. Actually, come from Lemuria or Emuria, because Lemuria sunk in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. 
It, it was a vast uh, land at one time in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, which is which is the Hawaiian Islands are a part of. One island of the Hawaiian Islands particularly is Maui, Maui, Hawaii, which is another ancient name for Moore. Need to look up on um, the Children of Mu by uh, James Churchward. The Children of Mu. That's us who they're talking about. Those of you that uh, need to read also uh, uh, Othello's Children in the West by uh, Jose Pimienta Bay, if you don't have the book already. Now, for those who don't um, believe that you don't need any paperwork to get nationalized and all this, uh, this is some more nonsense that's going on. You know, uh, you don't need, uh, all you need to do is say that you are a Moor, you know, and you proclaim your nationality, and you got to go to the Moor Science Temple and do all that. Walk, walk down the hallway, walk down uh, 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 the hallway, and I mean, walk down toward the, uh, the Grand Sheet. You shake your hand, and you go to the secretary. And the secretary will ask you, what do you want at the end of your name, or Bay or L? And you tell them what, what you want, and then they give you a card, a flimsy card, that, that says you are national and that's it. I'm here to tell you, sisters and brothers, that's not how you proclaim your nationality. That's not how you get reclamated. That is not a reclamation. Reclamation meaning reclaim who you are. Reclaim your nationality and birthright. That's not how you do that. You go to, you can go to either RB Bay Publishers, which is free, or you can go to Dr. Arlene L. Bay, and you can get your free nationality papers. You can go to R.B. Bay Publishing. You can go, no. These are only two I know that are, are that are, you can go to to get your free nationality papers. First thing you do, you when you get your free nationality papers, you... If you have a personal notary yourself, you go to, to the notary or go to your bank and get certain papers notarized, certain papers notarized, the, 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 the papers that says perjury charette. Those are the ones you get uh, notarized with your signature and someone else's signature on it. Then when you get these certain papers notarized, then you go to the county. You go to the county, recorder of records and deeds and vital statistics. 
and get that filed and put on for the record, for the public record. You've got to put that on for the public record at large. In a week, in a week's time, they will send it. not the papers are not rebutted. They will send it to you, and they're not rebutted in thirty days. That is, they will send it to you probably in less than a week's time. Now, your uh, uh, your nationality and birthright is on public display at the recorder of the uh, the county record the county. Recorder of records, deeds, and vital statistics. If you want to use your new free national name, your new free national name. Now, I'm going to tell you, Reginald Jackson, uh, Leslie Warren, Leslie Warren Bay, Reginald Jackson L, Ronald. Ronald Jones, Day, those are not free national names. Those are not free national names. Now, you can use those names for a while until you really decide what uh, free national name you really want for long. A name like, uh, I would say, uh, Mustafa... Uh, Ali L. Bay. That is a free national name. Malik uh, Tunica uh, Taka L. Bay. That is a free national name. Uh, Taka Tunica Alim Bay. That is a free national name. And if you notice, I'm using uh, Aboriginal indigenous names mixed in with so-called Arabic names or Muslim names, but they are both are free national names. You cannot carry the name of your slave owners or your property owners, and then call yourself putting the Bay El Al Ali in the date. At the end of it, it doesn't work that way. Take, for instance, uh, Richard Harris Bay. Okay, they're looking at the Harris, not the Bay. You're still carrying the name of your property owner. You're still carrying the name of your property owner. Like, you do it for a little while. You can. You do it for a little while. That's... Because that'll be your first start. You can get nationalized until you find a more of a proper name. Then you can change. You know, you can correct it to Mustafa Alim Bay or whatever. You choose whatever name you choose to correct your name with. I hope everybody understands this. Everybody that's listening, I hope everybody understands what I'm talking about. And some of you, uh, you want to go to the circuit county clerk office, not to a judge, not to a judge, to the county court clerk office. 
and file it if you want to use your name. You know, if you want to use your name for your new business, you want to uh, uh, do that. And within a week's time, they will send your name and a letter to you. And with court order documents, with the court seal on certain documents that you had this done. And you can go to the uh, newspapers, your town newspapers, or city newspapers, uh, to get it put out on the newspaper. You know, some people do it that way, but it's not really necessary. I mean, you can. You can do that. That's the way that's done. I mean, these are people, or there's some talking about you don't need no, 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 no paper kind of documentation, no kind of affidavits, no nothing, you know, no declarations, no nothing, you know, and all you got to do is just say that you, these, you know, you are born, you whatever, the, uh, uh, Muhammad, no, L or Bay or whatever, and that's it. I'm here to tell you. That is a blatant lie. That's not true. And those of you that are out here that are, that call yourselves grand sheiks and whatever, you ought to know damn better. Then again, maybe you do. Because I, I cannot believe a lot of you are that naive. And I say again, unless you are an agent, it's one of the two, or both. There's no third way. Okay? Okay. Let's get into the book. Let's get into the First World Order book. Dr. Asura Alim Lutapaki Obey, the First World Order book. Here we have the word land. In the most general sense, comprehends any ground, soil, or earth whatsoever, including fields, meadows, pastures, woods, moors, waters, marshes, and rock. It is more limited. In its more limited sense, land denotes the quant- the, quant- the quantity and character of the, an interest or state which a person may own in land. It may conclude any state or interest in lands either legal or equitable, as well as easements and incorporal hereditaments. The land is one is one thing and the and the estate which is another thing. For an estate and land is a Time and land or land for a time. The term may be used interchangeably 
with property. It may include anything that may be classed as real estate or real property. See also lands, ownership, for sale, partition, property. This is the Black Law Dictionary, 6th edition. The above definition destroys the thinking that there is no such thing or people as Moors land. For all, land are Moors. The word land and the word Moor are synonymous, one and the same. Hence the reason why Lemurian or Hawaiian Islands, Tamuria, Tamuria, Egypt, Tameri, you know, those are ancient, tans, ancient terms for Africa and Egypt. Tameri, Mer, M-E-R. Also in French means water, means water. But the Abion, the Europeans, have, 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 have twisted, now got to get those names. Now that means merchant, merchandise, mermaid. All deals with water. Mercantile. All deal with commerce. It deals with water. Because water is energy. It deals with energy. Like a battery cell. A battery cell. A jail cell. A ship sails sails on the high seas. A bill of sale. So you must learn the definition, and you must know ceramics. You must know uh, the interpretation of these words, especially when dealing with legalese words, when they use them in legalese. But more also comes from M-E-R, as well as M-U-R, which is land, or M-O-R, which is land. As I mentioned before, you see on the book one of the one-on-ones as the prophet is carrying an Asiatic woman, and she has humanity written on her body. And he has one foot on land and one foot on water because we are land-connected people. And also, we are navigators of the high seas. That's why you have one foot on water. We must have command on both dominions of common law, also of admiralty and maritime law. Which is belong, which is Moorish law. Okay. Okay, let me move it along here. Moor, an officer of the Isle of Man, who summons the courts for several sheetings. The office is similar to the English bailiff of a hundred. (coughs) 
Okay? It is a Black Law Dictionary, fourth edition. Court doesn't summons a more, and one more equals a hundred bailiffs. The word bailiff is derived from the Arabic Turkish word bay, B-E-Y. Let me repeat this. Let me repeat this, okay? The court doesn't summons a more, and one more equals a hundred bailiffs. The word bailiff, B-A-I-L-I-F-F, is derived from the Arabic Turkish word bay, B-E-Y. Bay means the governor, the landlord, or ruler. That's what bay means. The Webster Dictionary definition for the word more is not fully accurate, and there is a deeper hidden meaning revealed. More, a native of the North, this is the, this is the, this is the Webster's Dictionary interpretation now. This is what he's talking about. More, a native of the northern coast of Africa called by the Romans from the color of the people. That's how you got the word black They were dealing with the description of the people, what, the, what a boar looks like, not what a boar is. When they say Negroes or of the Negro race, they're saying what a Moor looks like, not what he is or she is. Okay? Hope everybody got that. Okay. Let me read this again. Moor, a native of the northern coast of Africa, called by the Romans from the color of the people. Mauritania, the country of dark complexion people, a native of Morocco. Two, a member of any African or Asian dark races ab- adopted the Mohammedan religion in history, a Saracen or an Arab, a Negro, black. Webster's Universal on a British Dictionary. It says here, see Blackamore. Here is the secret to code it. In the Black Law Dictionary, Consular Courts, it states the last of the United States Consular Courts, Morocco, was abolished in 1956, a year after 1955, as we as Negroes, Blacks, and Colors accepted the Civil Rights Movement bullshit philosophy. Hence, Morocco is as a country in Africa did not gain its freedom from France until 99. So they cannot be talking about the Morocco and Northwest Africa, can they? Those of you that seen on YouTube uh, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, talking about Moroccans being the first country that recognized the United States as a nation. Since 17 when? Is it 1787? I don't know if I got that date right or not. I would say 1787. So if Morocco and Northwest Africa did not, it was first recognized in 1956 as a nation, then it went its freedom from France in 1959. So therefore, they cannot be talking about that Morocco. 
So what is the Moroccan nation are they talking about? Who are they talking about? Hillary Clinton states that Moroccans have served this country from the very beginning. You don't believe me? Uh, look at the Wikipedia uh, Peace and Friendship. It's on YouTube. Check it out yourself. Don't take my word for it. She was talking about Moroccans have served this country from the very beginning. They have served in our armed forces. They have served in our police departments. They have served in every capacity of this nation. So who in the hell was she talking about? Talking about us. But they are not going to come out and say, well, you as uh, black people and uh, uh, African Americans, uh, well, y'all Moroccans, actually, and uh, y'all did this and y'all did that and uh, blah, blah. They're not going to do that. A lot of you don't know when Barack assigned the rights of indigenous people uh, talking about us. But a lot of you uneducated and a lot of these agents out here on YouTube are claiming themselves to be supreme this and supreme that and grand sheep this and grand sheep that trying to keep you dumbed down that you that you were on slave ships that Europeans had and brought you over here and called themselves grand sheiks and moors. No, they're dirty moors. Because I don't believe that they're ignorant, stupid, and naive. Oh, yeah. My name is Fahim Tunica El Bay. Yeah, in case you, you know, uh, you got something to say about it. I don't give a shit, really. Because y'all need to cut that mess out. Don't quit selling the people out like that. This is the 21st century, 2017, 104 years since the, the, the prophet founded the Canaanite Temple in 1913. And we're experiencing things in our life that we should, should not be a part of our life experience. Why? Because people like y'all, sellouts, keep on selling out this movement. Keep on selling our people out for a dollar. All these bullshit of 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 conferences they be having, challenging each other, debating with each other. All these damn debates are a waste of energy and time. They're non-productive, and they're, 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 they're not productive. They're counterproductive. Being counterproductive as hell. And they ain't producing nothing. Okay. 
Okay, I'm going to read this again. Here is the correct, here is the secret decoded in the Black Law Dictionary, Consular Courts. I'm going to skip this. Uh, thus, according to the Prophet's Noble Duralee's statement, makes more sense. According to the Holy Bible and the Quran, Circle 7, in the Moorish Science Temple of America, by the Prophet Noble Duralee. It says here in Chapter 47, Egypt. The capital, the empire of the dominion of Africa. Paragraph six. I want y'all to listen to this very carefully. Listen very carefully now, boys. The Moabites from the land of Moab, which received permission from the pharaohs of Egypt to settle and inhabit northwest Africa, Africa, they were the founders and are the true possessors of the present. Moroccan Empire. Now, the Moroccan Empire is here. The Moroccan Kingdom over in Northwest Africa. The Morocco that the Moroccan Kingdom that gained its independence from French colonialism after 1959. That was recognized as a, as a nation in 1956. That's the Moroccan Kingdom. But the Moroccan Empire is here. Got to listen very carefully. Okay. I'm going to read this again. The Moabites from the land of Moab. Oh, by the way, earlier when I was uh, explaining to you about Moab being the modern term for Moabite, okay, actually, if you look at the word Moab, as was explained to me by Dr. By Dr. Alim L. Bay, Mo actually dealing with water, Ab meaning with father, the father of water, or you can go deeper meaning seed of the Father. Actually, that's what Moab actually means. Seed of the Father. Then you have the Moabite. People. And what is the modern term for Moabite? More. As I explained to you earlier, the prophet carrying the Asiatic woman in his arms, she had humanity written on the side of her body, and he had one foot on land and one foot in water. Because we are both of both of those, both of those, the water and land. So we must regain control of those two. Okay, let's see here. Okay, the Moabites from the land of Moab who received permission from the pharaohs of Egypt to settle and inhabit northwest Africa. They were the founders and are the true possessors of the, the present Moroccan Empire with their Canaanite, Hittite, and Emirate brethren who sojourned from the land of Canaan seeking new homes. Paragraph 7. This is This is chapter 47 
of the Holy Quran Circle 7 now, okay? The title is the Egypt, the Capital Empire of the Dominion of Africa. All right. Paragraph 7. Their dominion and inhabitation extended from northeast southwest Africa across the great Atlantis even into the present even into the present North, South, and Central America. Also Mexico and the Atlantis Islands before the great earthquake which caused the great Atlantic Ocean. Didn't I explain that to you earlier in this lecture? Yes, I did. This is in the Holy Quran, Circle 7. This is the Holy Quran, Circle 7 of the Moorish Science Temple. Because you must understand, when some people ask me, are you, are you in the Moorish Science Temple? I tell them no. Oh, I saw... With your turban and your, sometimes I see you with your turban and your faces on. I said, you in the Moorish science? I said, no, I'm in the Moorish temple of science of the world. Explain it to me. I said, well, the Moorish uh, science temple of America Incorporated is the religious side. That's the religious side. The Moorish temple of science of the world is the civic side. The difference. That's why the prophet did that. Deal with law, structure. Okay? Let me move along here. Now, I want to grab, let me see here, grab the uh, the circle seven here. I think I'm going to read it out. Yeah, we got plenty of time. I'm going to grab the 47, chapter 47 of the circle seven. Here we are here. Here we are. <clears throat> now, chapter 47, Egypt, the capital the capital. Empire of the Dominion of Africa, paragraph 1. The inhabitants of Africa are the descendants of the ancient Canaanite from the land of Canaan. Okay. Paragraph 2. Old man Cush and his family are the first inhabitants of Africa who came from the land of Canaan. Paragraph 3. His father Ham and his family were second. Then came the word Ethiopia, which means the demarcation line of the dominion of Amexum, the first true and divine name of Africa, the dividing of the land between the father and the son. Paragraph 4. The dominion of Cush, northeast and southeast Africa, and northwest and southwest was his father's dominion of Af Africa. Paragraph 5, in later years, many of their brethren from Asia and the Holy Lands joined them. Paragraph 6, the Moabites from the land of Moab, who received permission from the pharaohs of Egypt to settle and inhabit northwest Africa, they were the founders and 
and are the true possessors of the present Moroccan Empire. With their Canaanite, Hittite, Amorite brethren who sojourn from the land of Canaan seeking new homes. Paragraph 7. Their dominion and inhabitation extended from North and Southwest Africa across the great Atlantis, even into the present North and South and Central America and also Mexico and the Atlantic Islands before the great earthquake which caused the great Atlantic Ocean. Paragraph 8. The river Nile was dredged and many by the ancient pharaohs of Egypt in order to trade with the surrounding kingdoms. Also, the Niger River was dredged by the great pharaoh of Egypt in those ancient days for trade, and it extends, and it extends eastward from the river Nile westward across the great Atlantic. It was used for the trade and transportation. I'm going to read this again. It extends eastward, the mother route, the, the, the river now, uh, the river now now, it extends eastward from the river now, the river now, westward across the great Atlantic. Now, what I just told you in the book, One Rocks Cry Out. If those of you who really listening, remember what I said, One Rocks Cry Out. that they built Egypt here in North America. Before they built the Egypt in Northeast Africa. Almost the same thing. Paragraph 9. According to all true and divine records of the human race, there is no Negro, black, or colored race attached to the human family because all the inhabitants of Africa were and are of the human race, descendants of the ancient Canaanite nation from the holy land of Canaan. Paragraph 10. What your ancient forefathers were, you are today, without doubt or contradiction. That means you cannot be anything else what your ancient foremothers and forefathers was not. If they were Moors, so are you. Your identity does not change. Paragraph 11. There is no one who is able to change man from the descendant, from the descendant nature of his forefathers unless his power extends beyond the great universe creator, Allah himself. Paragraph 12. These holy and divine laws are from the Prophet Noble Drew Ali, the founder of the Uniting of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Paragraph 13. These laws are to be strictly preserved by the mem- members of all the temples of the Moorish Science Temple of America, that they will learn to open their meeting and guide it according to the principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Paragraph 14. Every subordinate temple of the Grand Major Temple 
is to form under the covenant of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, and create their own laws and customs in conjunction with the laws of the Holy Prophet and the Grand Temple. I, the Prophet Noble Juwali, was sent by the great God Allah to warn all Asiatics of America to repent from their sinful ways before their great and un- before their great and lawful day, which is sure to come. Paragraph 15, the time has come when every nation must worship under its own vine and fig tree, and every tongue must confess his own. Paragraph 16, through sin and disobedience, every nation has suffered slavery due to the fact that they honored not the creed and principles of their forefathers. Here we are, paragraph 17, the last paragraph. That is why the nationality of the Moors was taken away from them in 1774, and the word Negro, black, and colored was given to the Asiatics of America who were of Moorish descent, because they honored not the principles of their mothers and fathers. They strayed after the gods of Europe, whom they knew nothing. Okay, that's the end of the note. Of that. For those of you, I would advise you to, if you have a uh, Circle 7 Holy Quran in, in your possession, uh, if you don't get one, you know, uh, you can order them online. I'm sure that Dr. Eileen has copies of them that he can send off to you. Uh, his website is www.dreilemlbay.com. Say it again, www.dreilemlbay.com. Okay? You can order these books, you know, to read Chapter 47 of the Holy Quran, Second 7. Okay? Tell you all about us being the original inhabitants of these Almorocks, of these Americas. Okay, it says here, the Malian Moors called the Z people the Z people came from China. Okay. These were the original inhabitants of China. Was the original Chinese or the original Manchurians or Moors. Because most Chinese don't know that they are Manchurians. That China is the corporation, Manchuria is the country. Like the India and Southeast Asia is Hindustan. That's the country. Hindustan is the country. India is the corporation. Like the United States here is the corporation, America is the country, or Al Morocco is the country. Or Al Murukus, or Muru. These are other ancient names of America. Al Mur, Al Mur, the M U R. It's another ancient word or term 
ancient word, another term where boar comes from. Okay. Okay, I'm going to read this again. The Malian Moors called the Z people, or Olmecas, migrated into two directions. One group of Olmecs migrated to the eastern islands near the Bermuda Triangle and settled in the islands of Jamaica, Haiti, Bahamas, Trinidad, and Barbados. The Olmecas set up colonies on the islands and became known as Arawak. Arawak. They were the people of Christopher Columbus. These were the people Christopher Columbus encountered. The Spaniards and British mixed in with the Arawaks. The Arawaks mixed in with the Portuguese and produced a tribe of half Negroid Latin called Taino. Another word, another tribe called Caribs invaded the Taino. The Caribs migrated into several islands, what is now known as the Caribbeans. The other of the Omecas traveled north and south and settled into Southeast America and became known as Washo or Washita or Oishita or Oishita. These people settled into areas of Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Georgia. Once again, this was the second known impact on America. Get into some real history here. Okay. Thus, the Amexan Boer Empire is not amused by the antics of the Anglo-American-European purveyors of the madness described herein. The Anglo-American-European mind said that they were the moral and ethical standard bearers and that their military might makes right does not hold sway here. What the world has witnessed in Yugoslavia and Cote Avora speaks volumes. The will of the people in those respective places overpowered those that stood against the will of the people without the people having to fire a shot. The will of the people in those respective places overwhelmed their former leaders, proving that public opinion, people power, is more powerful than the nuclear arsenal of any so-called superpower. You can cool I mean, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool all of the people all of the time. The masters of the seven seas, although there are two seas, as Dr. Alim explained, but the seven major seas they are always talked about. Okay? So the masters of the seven, seven seas moors are back, and we will be successful in restoring knowledge of self to our people, we will free the minds of our people, free our land, and recoup and recoup all the rightful belongs to us. The time is, is rapidly approaching when the Anglo-American European will be brought to the table to negotiate the repayment of all monies owed, as for mentioned loan of twenty-five million dollars in gold in the 1861 Common Era Pan-American Conference of 1928 Common Era Geneva Convention, the payment for the exploitation of our people and the natural resources of our lands, the payment of the clean of, of, of our environment destroyed by the Anglo-American-European, and the transfer of the key keys of power 
The Maximore Empire is a united nation that will absorb and unify our family in Kenya, Zimbabwe, Indonesia, Korea, and elsewhere. And this word, uh, the Pan-American Conference, actually a lot of us should be calling ourselves, or those of you that are calling yourselves Pan-Africanists, ought to be calling yourselves Pan-Americanists. That's what you should be calling yourselves. Okay. The collective will of our people will prevail because we are standing on the principles of truth and right. Our people will refuse to continue to be defraud or defrauded through the living of a lie. Let the Anglo American European take note. Your time is up. You can hide no more no more. You can lie no more. The U.S. Congress has the responsibility of addressing and settling all claims against the U.S., including the $25 million in gold, plus 139 years to date of the interest, penalties, and fines owed to the Maxim Moore Empire through the Maxim Moore Empire Imperial Government. This time has the time has come for the U.S. Congress to begin good faith negotiations in the matter with the Maxim Moore Empire Imperial Government. The Maxim the Maxim Moore Empire Imperial Government demands that the U.S. Congress, U.S. Government Executive Legislature, and Judicial immediately contact the the Maxim Moore Empire Department of the Imperial Affairs to obtain the necessary protocols and logistics that will facilitate a smooth negotiation process. Okay. I hope a lot of you are getting this, what I'm telling you. What I'm lecturing about tonight. Yeah, um, like I said, you have a lot of, I don't know, some of the people can't even, uh, you go to the, a lot of these temples, and a lot of these uh, boys can't tell you what the feds mean. They can't, they can't even tell you what more means. Some can. Some have done some research. They at least done that. Okay, let me go to this, go to this paragraph here. <clears throat> See, many historians allege that the honor and credit went to Amerigus Vespucius, an explorer, an exploiter, really. Cologne did not discover anything, nor did Amerigo Vespucius, nor did they, nor did they Europeans named it. The word America was developed from the Meduneter name Meru, which means leader, chief, ruler, etc. The word America is now the Greek, uh, uh, the word America is how the Greeks call Meru, who pronounce it Amorokos, from which the South American Indians Tupac, Amaru, 
the word America bears no reverence whatsoever to America's excuses. The word is also borrowed by the Arabic language and is called Amir, A-M-I-R, which is a Moorish term. Amir meaning ruler, chief, governor, prince, etc. I have a friend named Amir, by the way. <laughs> All right. Name is Amir Nasario Day. That's his name. Okay. Let me move along here. The European latest corruption of the word Maru reads Mero, M E R O E. That's the European corruption of the word Maru. But if you see it in, in uh, uh, written in certain books dealing with Kush in Ethiopia. And that's why it's been misspelled like that. Still trying to dumb us down. If Colon, Columbus discovered America, why then does Respucius enjoy the credit and honor of having it named after him? But one thing, his name wasn't America Vespucius. His name was Alberto Vespucius. That was, that was his name. It wasn't Amerigo. I clear that up right now also. The name America is derived from the name Amaruka. M M A Capital A M A R U K R K A. No, I'm gonna spell it again. Capital A M A R U K A. Amaruka. Or Al Morocco. Or Al Maroc, and not from an Italian name, Amerigo Vespucius. America was as part of the dominion of the Moroccan Empire, as I told you earlier. The Washita, Ottoman, Shanghai Empires. Because the Washita Empire, Ottoman Empire, Shanghai Empire. Okay. An act of August 1st, 1956, repealed Section 141 to 143, effective upon the date which the president determined to be appropriate for the relinquishment of jurisdiction of the United States and Morocco. Jurisdiction of the United States and Morocco was relinquished by memorandum of President Eisenhower, dated September 15, 1956. Notice was given to the Morocco in, 19, in October 1956, and all pending cases were disposed of by 1960. <coughs> Says here, see Bulletin of the State Department. Okay, skip these here. The same year that the Moroccan kingdom was recognized as a nation. It was the same year that the consular courts here in the Moroccan Empire failed. Coincidence? I don't think so. It says here, another another spelling. It's A-M-A-R-U-C-A. Amaruka is an ancient name it's an ancient name. It's an ancient name for the continent learned by the Inca. 
of ancient Peru from the original Africanu who built civilization here. The Abians named themselves after the continent after the having learned of the name when they arrived here a few centuries ago to plunder the land. This is the origin of the Abion giving himself the name Amerigo Vespucci. Amaruka, Amaruku is the root of Amerigo. Finally, the word for lion. It is also light of the of the mane of the lion. Looks like the sun and its rays. And the Meduneter is Ru. One rod taken the form of a lion in certain aspects of cosmology. He is called Rura or Udra al Allah, which becomes the Arabic word for Netter, God Allah, Amaruka, Amaraka, M A M A M A M A R A. K.A. America, 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 Amen, Amen, Raka, Amen, A-M-E-N-R-A-K-A, Amen, Raka, America, all related. All this, these are ancient words, these are ancient terms, where the word more comes from. Okay, talking about uh, certain stupid scholars on YouTube are always talking about the Sandri Moors and the Moors, uh, the Moors society. The Moors are not a society. We are not a society. We are a nation of people. We are a nation of people. Moor is our nationality, and I never, you never hear me use the term. More ish. I am more ish. I never hardly ever say that. All the time when I use the term Moorish, maybe when I'm referring to a Moorish couple, I might say, oh, no, that's a beautiful Moorish couple. Or I might say, that's a beautiful Aborigine indigenous American couple. I read, I like Aborigine indigenous American couple better because more ish, when you say more ish a lot, uh, actually, as Sister Yafa Bay explained it one time in one of her lectures, uh, actually, you that Moorish actually is an adjective, and people are not adjectives; people are nouns and proper nouns. I mean, it means also it can also have a double meaning as well. It can mean to relate to relating to a more or attached to being a more. So it, it you know it, it has almost a double meaning, or you can swing that with a double-edged sword. So, but I use the term Moorish a lot when I speak, you know. So you know uh, I'm guilty of that myself. Okay, but I never I never say I am Moorish. I say I am a Moor. Or I say my nationality is Moor. Not more ish. Okay, but this is this is me. You know, you know, this is how I do it. You know, 
So it's almost time. Uh, so I'm gonna try to get some men in before they tell me how many minutes I got. They say I got 90 seconds. The name Moorish Americans is actually an oxymoron, meaning the word Moor and Amir have the same root, and the means Moorish Americans is derived from the Aramu Muru or Maru Moor, and which is a portion of the name Amuru Washita or Amexum Washita Moor. Okay, this is about all the time I have. So I hope I get it all in. I hope I you know, enlighten a lot of you out there. I wish to, es- to educate and not to insult anyone. Just to educate. And uh, cosmic forces of Allah be with you and your family. Mawasama Dakunda, meaning peace family. And until next time. All right. Next, next first world order station. Next first world order time. All right. Peace.